0: Hello, I'm Scott Brown with Christian Leadership Alliance. Welcome to the Outcomes Conference podcast. This podcast brings the kind of excellent leadership insights offered at the annual Outcomes Conference to leaders like you year-round. This is where leaders invest in leaders for greater kingdom impact. Today's episode is brought to you by Faith Search Partners. Leadership matters. And Faith Search Partners is an outstanding executive search firm, serving all aspects of the faith community, from ministries to businesses to colleges and universities and everything in between. Learn more at faithsearchpartners.com. In these inspiring Outcomes Conference podcasts, you'll be enriched through insights on creating vibrant cultures of belonging and encouraged by the enduring principles guiding Christian leaders today. Now, please welcome our Outcomes Conference podcast hosts, Jim and Martha Bringenberg, from hashtag IWorkForHim and IWorkForHim.com. Hey, thanks, Scott. Martha and I are super excited to host the Outcomes Conference podcast, every
1: podcast dedicated to you, our Outcomes Conference podcast listener. We have an incredible conversation today coming up with Tom Beck. Chief People and Culture Officer with Compassion International. We'll be focusing on how Tom and his team lead and strive to create a culture of belonging at Compassion International. Tom Beck, welcome back. Welcome to the Outcomes Conference podcast.
2: Great. Good to be with you, too. Thank you very much.
1: So before we get started, talking about your leadership role and your perspective of how God Mm -hmm. is using you to create a culture of belonging at Compassion International, tell us how you keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's really about probably certain habits I've picked up along the way. You know, you've got your spiritual disciplines, you know, time with the Lord and Bible study and prayer, but it's also really slowing down to listen, you know, take time to listen to where God's leading me to the guidance of the Spirit, but also to others. You know, I'm I, Firmly believe we're, you know, created to relate to him, but relate to each other and that, you know, you've got, there's a lot of power in those conversations. And so it's really slowing myself down Uh, at times, whether it's early morning or when I travel or with uh, my wife or with my coworkers or my partners that I work with, um, that, that really those two things, the habits and the listening is really probably the two things that have the biggest impact on me and my journey.
3: So I'm just curious, what does that look like when you slow down? Because I think a lot of people <laughs> listening, it sounds so good, but yeah. it's but it's so much easier said than done. What does that actually look like?
2: It's uh, part of it is the time. Actually, it's the time of day for me. Um, I am my wife would call me an abusively early morning person. Um, <laughs> my day usually it does. It, my day usually starts around four a.m and so i I have learned in the rhythms in my life that I'm actually uh, my most productive times and are are during those quiet hours. She is not a morning person, so we're not crashing each other in the kitchen and It's a time for me just to reflect and you know it's a peaceful, quiet time to be able to do that and as you know, the day gets going and it gets busy, and uh things kind of get crowded out, but it's also um I have opportunities, you know, in either commuting because I live in Denver and I drive down to Colorado Springs, where I can connect with the Lord just quietly driving, or with friends uh, on my commute time. I before COVID, I traveled quite a bit, so a lot of quiet time. You know, you, you sit in airports or you're in uh, on airplanes, and you just have different rhythms that you find. Um, listen to podcasts. You know, I appreciate the work you do because it is. Uh, It's just a new world. Uh, I used to be an avid reader and that kind of got crowded out. So being able to listen things as well as part of the rhythm is, and, but it's also just understanding my my own daily rhythms and when the quiet times are the best for me, which are, yeah, as my wife said, abusively early in the morning. <laughs> That's just I love that. I love line. that
3: description. So, you know, for a, oh, lot, yeah. for a lot of us, it, it sounds to me like it's, it's just being aware of the opportunities mm-hmm. God gives you and leaning into those because a lot of people, you know, don't think of their commute as quiet time. Um, yeah. but But it can be if we see the opportunity that God gives mm-hmm. us. So, Thanks yeah. for sharing that and diving in a little deeper. So oh, yeah. I want to talk about the theme of the Outcomes Conference pod, um, you know, conference for 2022. It is, I belong. And mm-hmm. I'm curious how you, as a leader at Compassion International, especially in your role, mm-hmm. create that culture for your team of belonging.
2: Uh, it's a great question because it's actually very timely uh, with the work we're doing. We have a, what we call a neighbor prompt. And it's a neighbor, our, our workforce happens as one of the neighbors that we identify. And it's based on the Good Samaritan parable, then uh, love your neighbor as yourself and who is your neighbor. And we've, we've come up with a brand promise that's called known, loved, and connected. And so it's really striving to uh, starting with my team and an extension of my team and into our global workforce. Is to really have them start to feel that sense of being known, loved, and connected. The other thing that's important for us, and at least for my direct team, is to create a sense of safety. And safety from the standpoint of that we can, uh, we know each other, we trust each other, and we, but it takes time. Uh, there, well, yeah, so so intentional investment. I mean, getting yeah. to know
1: people does take time. I mean, how oh, yeah. do you facilitate people to get known? with each other on their team. I mean, that's, that takes time. That's like picnics. That's like dinners. I mean, how Mm -hmm. do you guys do it?
2: Well, pre COVID we spent a lot of time together. Um, we were, you know, our headquarters is in Colorado Springs. So I was able to do a lot of walk around meet and greet people. Um, most of my team actually is based in uh, the field in the 26 countries that we work in. So I travel quite a bit in COVID, yeah, uh, it is one of the, honestly, it's one of the bigger challenges we have is, you know, just like this, setting up a Zoom call and trying to connect with people and get to know them. There's intentionality around that. I, I will admit during the COVID environment and being on Zoom, you have to set aside time to connect with people. If you have a full agenda, you've got to put time into the agenda on the front end or on the back end. Ideally, it's on the front end to just say, hey, catch up with each other. How's, how's life treating you? How's the family doing? How can we be praying for each other? But it takes time. There is no getting around that. And it's intentional time that I personally invest in the team that I'm shepherding. And then it kind of rep- replicates itself from there.
3: You know, it's Um, crazy because like you said, like pre-COVID, those beginnings of especially Zoom meetings drove me crazy. I'm like, let's get down to business. But as time has gone on, I have seen the value in that. So I'm so much more appreciative of the, because I'm not a banter person. And a lot of times, you know, there's that because people are trying to like get in each other's lives quickly, but you're saying it actually helps to you know, with the culture and to get to connected. And I love that it's a part of what you guys are intentionally doing. So what are some of the challenges that you've encountered in trying to create that same space of work belonging in that workplace culture?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, one that we were just talking about is distance. And that actually existed before COVID, because as I mentioned, you know, we're a third of our employee bases in the United States, two thirds are in the 26 countries that we work in. Um, and so we were kind of in a, a global environment to begin with from a remote perspective. So it, um, it, it's added to it. Uh, we did have the habits kind of built in to begin with. But then as you know, it's kind of like pouring fuel on an open flame when COVID hit. It just made it you know, that much um, more challenging. We also do a lot just doing assessment work. And two things, we use some testing, you know, like Myers-Briggs and DISC and different things, just so you start to get to understand people a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that helps on the known part. Um, and we intentionally set aside time for team development. The other thing that we do, and it, it, we're, we're starting to see things open up, is just make sure we have intentional team time together.
1: So what, but, do, you, what do you do when people don't want to be known?
2: Um, that's a really good question. I, you know Jim, I, I think uh, it, it's interesting because when you create cultures where that becomes part of it, it almost like it attracts certain people, and okay. in other cases, someone might I don't want to say self-select out. They might say, "Hey, you know, you you always want to be respectful of boundaries." And so it doesn't mean, okay, everybody, let's you know open our hearts up and tell what's going on with their families all the time. But if you create the right, Safe environment, people become, it becomes attractive to them. Right. Okay. You know, and I, again, I see it in my own team, the extended team that I lead globally. And then, you know, hopefully that begins to replicate itself within the organization yeah. as well.
1: Fantastic. Hey, you're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast as. We talk with Scott Beck today. Well, nope not Scott Beck. How about Tom Beck? Scott's his brother. I did it's that Scott's on my purpose. We had
2: to
3: get his, to get his name in there. I did. We
2: look, with, of, we look a lot we look a lot alike, so know. that's okay.
1: That's right. We're talking with Tom Beck today from Compassion International. We'll be right back. Hey, listen to this message from our great sponsor, FaithSearchPartners.com.
4: Hi, this is Ed Fry, president and founder of Faith Search Partners. And we're thrilled to be sponsoring this CLA podcast. Please visit our website at faithsearchpartners.com. We bring a thorough and structured quality process that enhances your ability to secure just the right leader for your organization and its unique culture. That's faithsearchpartners.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk today with Tom Beck from Compassion International. Tom, you've got an interesting title, Chief People and Culture Officer. That just shows that Compassion is very serious about having a good culture for their people. Mm-hmm. Not, have you always worked for Compassion, or, or is this an, I mean, t- tell us about it. what's your job history?
2: Yeah, uh, I've been with Compassion going on nine years. Okay. Um,
1: so prior to that, of- other organizations, did they ever have the focus that Compassion did on making sure culture and people? Were taken care of
2: it was uh not not stated you know it, i i come out of the private sector so i was in the mid-80s i was help. i kind of helped start blockbuster video and so from the ground up you uh, i always say you have a culture whether you uh, want it or not you're going to have one yeah. and so the intentionality around it you know the culture i had back then and then i was also with boston market uh, during a startup phase um we were We tried to be very intentional about it, but as we grew, it got harder and harder to do what that those core values were and that culture that we wanted to create mm-hmm. and so with compassion, it's been um, you know we're we're very we try to be very intentional about it when I shared with you earlier about the known, loved, and connected that's something we've adopted really in the last couple of years and it, cultures to to change a culture takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And especially when you deal with, you know, the number of staff and volunteers that we have, but it's, um, it's rather new. The role myself, the titling is new, but the the desire behind it is not new. You know, that's something that I brought into compassion nine years ago and I'm very, Very sensitive to what our culture is and what we want it to be.
3: That's so good. So, how about in your own personal life? What are a couple of the core principles that drive your Christian leadership?
2: Uh, I would say one of the first things is what I call "Don't be your own limiting constraint." What I mean by that is, I've learned through the years, and you hear this said a lot. You know, don't try to be the smartest person in the room. I always believe that if you really do that then you become the limiting constraint. And so it's really gathering people in from a leadership perspective that are capacity that have a very different perspective that you do and to be comfortable with that because that builds a richer culture. And that really feeds itself into diversity as well. And it's not just diversity from a gender or minority perspective. It's really diversity from a thought perspective. Uh, teams that take longer to form because you have different personalities and different thought process and different background actually are richer teams over time. It just takes longer to do that.
1: And when you add in that spiritual component and how people worship differently, when oh, you yeah. get all that to gel, all of a sudden you realize, well, you got some in your group that are prophets and some of them are preachers and some of them are teachers and apostles. And you're like, wow, wow, mm. we, we're covering the spectrum here. I mean, that, that's the kind of diversity I love it, it, because you you can, you're getting more of God in your team. All right, so let's let's talk about learning for Tom mm-hmm. Beck. What, what role does pursuing continuous learning? You said you're listening to podcasts. you reading has gotten x'd out. I'm not quite sure how come reading got x'd out, but you know, <laughs> uh, how, how, how do you accomplish well. <laughs> continuous yeah. learning in your role?
2: Um, one is I get really back to the listening part. It's really sitting down, whether it's listening to podcasts, but it's more important is really listening to teammates and my peers on our executive team and those outside of compassion Uh, and listening to me can take it takes on different forms. Um, I, um, you know, I talked about reading going by the wayside. My wife, uh, also one of my better leadership coaches that I have, um, tells me I have a little bit of ADD. And sometimes she'll say more than a a little, like a lot. So my attention span forces me into reading articles and listening to podcasts more than it does reading a 300-page book. So um, I also, I don't know if you've heard of the 70-20-10 principle behind learning. Uh, 70% of what you learn is more on-the-job experience. 20% can come through coaching and mentoring, and then 10% comes through content. And I really embody that. I've seen that in my own journey, that it's really a lot about what you learn by experience. And then supplementing that with uh, you know content. And when I say content, it's, it, you know, it could be the reading, it could be the podcast, it could be the seminars I go to. Critically important because they're catalytic. But trying to apply that in my own uh, journey, that's where listening becomes so important because also the other thing that's really important is being open to feedback. Mm-hmm. And In, that's that's difficult at times. I gotta be honest with you. I don't <laughs> always like hearing the things that sometimes I people tell me. Yeah, three three sixty yeah. reviews are a little tough. But you know, you have- yeah, yeah. but some yeah.
3: of the some of the things that you've said, Tom, I I'm getting a picture of you as a leader, as someone with a very open door. And you because mm-hmm. you've said you like to listen to those that you work with and learn from them as well. And not being a leader that knows it all. Um, it, you you seem to have that air about you that you're welcome. Uh, you welcome that opportunity. So I, I appreciate just kind of the little glimpse that we're getting of you mm. as a leader. So in the last minute here of this segment, I would love to hear something about Compassion International that most people don't know. Just Just throw something at us.
2: Sure. The one thing, uh, our core strategy is built around three things, being Christ-centered, being church-based, and then being child-focused. Probably the one thing that people don't realize is we partner with 8,200 local churches in the 26 countries that we're in. They are the ones that implement our program. So that strong partnership, that I didn't realize that when I got involved with Compassion because I just thought child sponsorship meant raise the money support the family directly or something. So that partnership with the local church for holistic child development is critical. It's part of our core identity, and we do nothing outside of the local church. And so that's probably the one thing that most people wouldn't realize about us.
1: Wow, very cool. You're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast as we talk with Tom Beck from Compassion International. We'll be right back after this quick message from faithsearchpartners.com.
4: Hi, this is Ed Fry, President and Founder of Faith Search Partners, and we're thrilled to be sponsoring this CLA podcast. Faith Search is the premier retained executive search firm serving all aspects of the faith community, from ministries to businesses to colleges and universities, and everything in between. Though we recently celebrated the 15th anniversary of our founding, our search roots in high-quality executive search approach nearly 35 years. If your organization is seeking the best prospects for a leadership position, please visit our website at faithsearchpartners.com. We bring a thorough and structured quality process that enhances your ability to secure just the right leader for your organization and its unique culture. That's faithsearchpartners.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast. We talked today with Tom Beck from Compassion International, Chief people and culture officer, the, the title. I just love the title. Every mm. organization should have somebody in charge of people and culture, mm. making sure that we get the most out of people. Cause when people know they're loved and they're, they are seen and they're known, then uh, they perform at a much higher level. Is that what you guys are seeing that by, by investing in people and culture, you get a better rate of return on your people?
2: basically i would say yes um i think one of the challenges we have in in a ministry context and this was the difference i noticed between corporate for uh, the for profit sector moving into ministry we we struggle at times really with saying no to things because the demands and the needs are so great and those we're serving uh you know and it's a joy to do that and so that connectedness that we create really creates um you know, not only the known, loved and connected part that I talked about earlier, but it also uh, creates the freedom for people to kind of fail along the way because uh, you can't you can't learn things if you're not willing to
0: fail. Um, it creates um, really better
2: productivity uh, and it depends on how you define productivity. And from where I said it, I look at it a little bit differently than maybe our marketing people look at or our program people would look at it. But yeah, just that sense of belonging that even what we're talking about, you know, the conference is so critical to really allowing people to thrive Mm. and to ultimately find joy in what they do.
4: Wow. Perfect.
3: You know, and that's really that a beautiful connection Mm. between belonging and thriving, because when we Mm. feel that that comes from the inside out, it can't, Mm -hmm. it's not manufactured. It has to really be, be felt. So talk to, when you think about Compassion International today, what are you most enthusiastic about in terms of the mission and the impact that it's having globally?
2: Sure. The the thing that I just, the greatest joy I get out of is really two things. Uh, one is seeing uh, children released from poverty in Jesus' name, truly seeing that. And seeing it in a local context, as I mentioned earlier, you know partnering with those churches minister to those, those children and the youth and the extension of the family. that's, pro- that's probably the thing, Martha, that excites me the most, and it, it is always there, and being able to see it firsthand like I did before COVID, but we're starting, as I mentioned earlier, we're starting to open back up to travel. But to see that firsthand. And then, really, the second thing is the joy I get out of with the people I get to work with.
3: And give us Um, give us context for that. Like, how many employees or you know people on mission with compassion and volunteers? Like, what is the scope um, of of the culture that you are ultimately (laughs) responsible for? Sure. The
2: the scope, if you add in our 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 staff, our directly paid staff, our church, the church partner staff, and then volunteers, is about one hundred and thirty thousand people. Oh, holy then, smokes, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's, and the beautiful thing about it is that um, we, they're local context, they're local leadership. So when you're in Burkina Faso, our staff and the church partners are all basically from Burkina Faso. So there's a richness to the culture that is, it can be complex at times, but it is a beautiful thing to be a part of and just to see the body of Christ at work. In that context, you know, Jim, you talked about spiritual gifts, and to see that uh, manifest itself on a day-to-day basis is incredibly powerful, and it's a joy to be a part of that.
1: Uh, The the richness of the kingdom, when we're one day all together in one place, how Mm -hmm. incredible will that be? All right, Tom, as we close out this podcast, the Christian Leadership Alliance is a place where leaders come to invest the best of what they know in other leaders. Tom, what leadership idea or thinking would you like to share as an investment in those listening to today's podcast?
2: Yeah. I heard it said one time that uh, we teach what we know, we replicate who we are. And teaching what we know is incredibly important, but being true to who we are as leaders, who God called us to be, it's such a powerful thing to see that start to be replicated in others. And not... You know, me being replicated in someone i'm I'm partnering with, but just to see them grow and to see them and to be part of that um, is an incredible joy. And that's what I was saying earlier about don't be your own limiting constraint. You know, as a leader, especially as things grow and expand and the scale gets bigger, surround yourself with people that are you know smarter than you in the areas that are important and have competency that you may not have and Blending that together and not being afraid of that um, takes, uh, it, it takes a lot to do that sometimes. But the beauty of seeing it happen and materialize in outcomes and impact is a wonderful thing to be a part of.
1: Teach what we know and replicate what we are. Isn't that we that's are. like parenting?
2: I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell my staff or my team that. <laughs> Oh, so. But but that's the beauty of
1: mentoring and discipleship, and that's really what you're doing yeah. with your team. That's just fantastic, Tom Beck. What a great mm-hmm. conversation today! Thank you so much for sharing from your heart and for sharing about Compassion International, and, and really just giving us a peek into what does it mean to be a Chief People and Culture Officer. I just that, that just did I say that right? Did I get a Chief oh, yeah. People
2: yeah, and Culture right. Officer? Yeah, CPCO.
3: Like, oh, I keep thinking it in my head. Okay. So yeah. it's like CP3O,
1: I've, but it's CP3O. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard
2: that, but I've gotten teased on that one. My title actually was longer before we realigned things, so well, it had a gold suit on. It could be worse.
1: Yeah, mean, well, you had a gold suit on, it worked. But Tom Beck, thank you so much for being oh, on yeah. the Outcomes Conference Podcast
2: today. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Martha, thank you. Appreciate and, it.
1: Yeah, and to you, our Outcomes Conference Podcast listeners, thanks for listening today. Thanks for tuning in. We pray that this podcast inspired you to think about how you could create a culture of belonging in your organization and community. And thanks, of course, also to our Outcomes Conference podcast sponsor, faithsearchpartners.com.
3: Be sure to visit christianleadershipalliance.org where you can stay up to date by subscribing to the Outcomes online newsletter and the CLA Higher Thinking blog.
1: If you're not already a member, what are you waiting for? Join the Alliance today, christianleadershipalliance.org.
3: Remember, the wisdom in this podcast came to you on its way to someone else. So if you loved it, say so and share it with a friend. I'm Jim. And I'm Martha. And
1: we'll see you again for the next episode of the Outcomes Conference podcast.